Hello and welcome to the Film Pulse Podcast. This is episode number 478. My name's Adam Patterson. With me today, we've got Kevin Rickstraw. Hey, Kevin. Hey, how's it going? It's going pretty good. No complaints. This week on the show, we'll be reviewing Blackberry, which is playing in theaters right now. We'll also be going over some more watching on the watch list and new releases in theaters, VOD and Blu-ray. Thank you so much for joining us this week. If you have a moment, consider reviewing us on iTunes. That'd be great. A new Save by the 90s getting recorded this week. Uh, pretty excited about it. We're doing video game movies of the 90s. So very familiar with this this topic. But uh, some of these movies, it's been a while since I revisited. Some of them I've seen very recently, and I'm not really looking forward to going back and watching them again so soon after watching them. Double Dragon is one specifically. That that came out on Blu-ray like not too long ago, and I reviewed it then, and it just yeah, sucked. <laughs> Either way, it's going to be fun. I'm excited to do that. So stay tuned for that. I'll... I'll make an announcement on when that's coming out let's let's talk about blackberry this is um directed by matt johnson written by matt johnson jackie mcnish and matthew miller i have a synopsis here the story of the meteoric rise and catastrophic demise of the world's first smartphone now i will say that before we get into this there's like several several things about this movie that like make my opinions like completely biased in multiple ways. Like it's, it's, this is a type of movie that I just can't have like a, uh, I, I can't really have an objective opinion on it <laughs> just because there's like, first of all, Matt Johnson, uh, big fan of his, he's been on the show like four times. I've, talked to chatted with him offline so I, I i like him quite a bit and i like his movies a lot and also this is like technology you know i'm i'm mm-hmm. I'm, I'm in technology like my career fields in technology so i'm always gonna sort of be into this type of movie to begin with so i wanted to get that stuff out of the way first as like a preamble on on my opinions we'll start it with you though kevin or your initial impressions of BlackBerry? Can I ask a, a question though? Yes, yeah. I can't remember. Did you have a BlackBerry? <laughs> no, I never had a BlackBerry. No. You had a Palm, though, right? I I did. I had like um. So Palm, they tried to enter the smartphone market later on, like to compete with BlackBerry. So they released this this device called the Palm One, which it was basically a competitor a direct competitor to blackberry and it failed miserably i had that phone okay cuz i when when we started this movie i had completely forgotten about palm as like a a smartphone alternative cuz my wife had one as well and i just i had completely forgotten about them yeah they uh, oh. yeah, it's interesting cuz you know blackberry destroyed palm basically because palm just couldn't you know they had the palm pilot which was a a digital organizer and that came out you know a long long time ago but they couldn't they couldn't crack the uh the cell phone code they couldn't get that phone functionality in there and that that's what blackberry did and and ended up crushing then and then of course blackberry themselves got crushed by apple when the iphone came out yeah 
They sure did. <laughs> uh, I, I, I mean, going into this, I think the biggest thing for me as a whole was Glenn Howerton. Because I think if Glenn Howerton wasn't in this movie, I probably would have no interest in it whatsoever. Now, I did, I did find it somewhat interesting in terms of the, you know, like the historical aspect of Blackberry's rise and fall. But it wasn't something that I was like overly interested in. Right, you know right. what I mean? Like yeah. I know what happened to Blackberry. That wasn't too long ago. Right. Which is the craziest thing of this uh the realization of watching this movie is like me and my wife discussing afterwards is like this is all just very recent, but it also feels like it was fucking ages ago. Like Blackberry seems like a thing from like the distant, distant past, mm-hmm. but just the, the where s- smartphones have gone in a relatively short time. It's just fucking insane. Oh yeah. It Cause really, it wasn't it that is. long ago that I didn't even have a smartphone. Yeah. You were late. I mean, you relate to the party yeah. too. Yeah. I was late to the party obviously, but as I usually am, but still like, it's just insane like the advancements that have been made in a relatively short time. Yeah. And, and you know, that's largely due to the advances that Blackberry made. I mean, these, I have a hard time believing that, that Apple didn't at least pull inspiration or maybe even straight up just steal ideas from Blackberry. Oh yeah. And it's even how they kind of point out to it towards the end of like, just kind of just slightly changing what they're doing you know like not selling minutes instead and selling data instead Mm -hmm. yeah and people fell for it yep yeah it was it was kind of a just it 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 disrupted the whole like cell phone market which you know the cell phone market in and of itself was sort of in its infancy and and this just completely revolutionized it and man yeah they were (laughs) they were on top of the world there for a minute (laughs) and then then, uh, unfortunately like most tech companies they they get toppled and I, I think that was the thing that i knew kind of going into this and it played out that way pretty quickly is like most tech stories are the same really is it's usually like a small group of like super nerdy guys mm-hmm. that are like best buds right and of course they have to get someone on the business side to come in and help them out and then you know success and then much like everything in terms of going, you know, the, the the capitalism route is you have to innovate, innovate, build, build, build. And at a certain point, you can't do that anymore. And someone else is going to do it. And you go by the wayside and someone else takes your place. Yeah. I mean, so that storyline is kind of like, eh, you know, it's not that enthralling. But the performances here, I think, is really what what takes it. I'm, I mean, this, this is like my life. Like I'm living, I'm living this. I work for a tech startup that is growing exponentially every year. And I just know, like, I just know that this is, this is my future right here. So yeah, something that I, that I always think about, it's very close to home for me, like how this all works. And I, I agree with you that like, yeah, many, many, um, Tech companies, this is this is the, their trajectory. This it's it's, inev- inev- it's really inevitable when you're dealing with uh, late stage capitalism. Yeah. Now, who who do you identify with 
out of the three. And you're Matt and John- you're definitely Matt Johnson. Like I'm, I am, I'm definitely the Matt Johnson character. I think you're the Doug. Yeah, I'm the Doug. Do you work with a bandana? With a headband? I, I don't. I don't. But I don't, maybe I don't know. That's an idea, though. You know, like maybe maybe I should start working with uh with a headband on. Um. Yeah. It it should come as no surprise. I really enjoyed this movie. I thought it was. Great. I thought it was uh, shot very well. Uh, I believe believe it's shot on film. Certainly looked like it was shot on film. And it wouldn't be out of the, you know, wouldn't be surprising. The, the, Matt Johnson's like one of these, uh, he, he's the type of director that likes to shoot on the, the type of, um, looks like it was, wait, no, it looks like it was shot on digital, but they must have added some like filters or something because it looked it looked like it was shot on film to me at least at any rate like he you know with his last movie operation avalanche he shot on uh the type of cameras that were available back then in like in the 60s so like he's i think he does a good job of of um <laughs> trying to t- capture the the look and the feel of the time period uh, even though this this movie didn't take place that long ago, I mean, it starts in the 80s and, and goes up through to what, what was it like the early 2000s? Yeah. When when it ended, um, I thought that did, he did a good job of like capturing the era. Uh, and, you know, they're, they're definitely uh, it was very funny. I, I enjoyed the the humor of it. I thought that the story itself was, was interesting. I liked the performances. I mean, like Glenn Howerton, he's just going full force in this. Like he's just going all out. The dude had so much rage in him throughout this whole movie. He was just kind of hilarious. So exactly. And that was, that was the, the draw for me is to getting to see him do that like full rage that you get to see him sometimes do as Dennis when mm-hmm. it's always funny. But yeah. Just to see more of it. And that was the only thing that was slightly disappointing because I felt like it seemed like he was going to be a huge part of this movie. And he is a big part, but I felt like I didn't get enough Glenn Howerton. You wanted more Glenn. I wanted more Glenn Howerton. Okay. Yeah. I mean, uh, more of his characters, certainly not a wouldn't wouldn't have been a bad thing i don't think um but i I like jerry baruchel's character too and matt johnson's character i I thought all three of them did a really good job uh again uh i I liked the the dialogue quite a bit thought it was a good script like the music uh choices in this a lot too um shout outs to including a no effects song in here (laughs) that was something that kind of surprised me didn't expect to hear no effects in here, but that was there. <clears throat> yeah, I think overall it was it was good enough for for me. It was good enough for what it was or what it is, which I knew that this wouldn't be anything other than because of the story. I knew it wasn't going to be anything other than like, oh, this is a decent movie. Yeah, I wasn't expecting greatness from it. I wasn't yeah. expecting anything that like blew my mind. But I was expecting a a funny, entertaining 
sort of biopic and that's exactly what i got it you have good character interesting characters in here you have good dialogue uh i thought it was shot very well again and yeah i i even if you're not like super into tech i think that you there's still a lot of entertainment value from this that i think you could you could come away from it um you know enjoying it oh yeah and I, I like it. I mean, it seems it seems like Matt Johnson's, you know, tr- gradually expanding his reach, and I like that. I want to I want to see him continue to grow and do do more things, do bigger things. Because as long as he, as long as it's not like you know a, a Marvel movie or something, as long as, as long as he, as long as he's still able to retain his his voice and some creative control over whatever project he, it, he works on it does seem like that's the um that's like the worst case scenario now in film like anyone that's you know whether they have like two maybe like two to four films under their belt and they kind of you know that there's always this this like unspe- unspoken fear of like damn i hope they don't get pulled into the marvel universe that like suck. yeah i mean for, for Matt Johnson, it's like, I, I think it'd be cool. And I think it would be awful. Like for me as someone who really enjoys his, his movies, I think it would be awful for him. I think it'd be great. Cause like I know him and I think that if he had the opportunity, he'd probably take it if it was a good enough project. And I think that that would be great for his career. And I think that he would at least try to do something interesting to whatever he gets. But yeah, at the same time, it's like, I don't want to, I don't want to lose him to Disney, you know? Cause it also seems like a lot of times when a director makes the, the jump over to, to like the Disney camp, it's like, that's it. <laughs> like they're done. You know, it's like Sam Raimi. It's mm-hmm. pre- pretty, it's, pretty much. Yeah, it does seem like they, they never come back. Yeah. And like, it I don't, I don't like think we're ever going to see, um, you know, uh, Friggin' what's his name? Uh, Sean, uh, uh, oh my god, why am I blanking? Gun. Um, mm-hmm. I know who you're talking about, but I also cannot think James, of his name. James Gunn. <laughs> I, I was thinking Sean Gunn, and that's his brother, James Gunn. Like, I don't think we're ever going to see him again. He's like full on. And, and, you know, that's great for them, but, you know, for me as a fan, it's like, I don't know. I want you to come up with your own, do your own stuff, man. At any rate, uh, I do recommend Blackberry. I'm sure that this is going to drop on VOD before very long. It's an IFC film, so usually they have a pretty quick turnaround when they do uh, theatrical releases. Keep an eye out for that. I would say that if you are a fan of Matt Johnson's other films, if you like Nirvana, the band, the show, or the Dirties, or Operation Avalanche, then this is definitely worth a look um i think that you will uh like it quite a bit so definitely recommend it let's go ahead and give it a score uh kevin we'll start with you what are you gonna give blackberry out of 10 like a six and a half seven all right i'm sitting at a seven and a half on this one love me some technology movies love me some tech movies All right, let's move on. Talk about some of what we've been watching. Kevin, it is your turn this week. 
<laughs> is it? Yeah. Well, yeah. Let me let me uh let me gear up for my very short I have a short list too, so don't worry. Very short list. I think my list is shorter because my list is zero. Oh, okay. No other movies. The only thing that I could talk about potentially is I rewatched Poltergeist because my wife has not seen Poltergeist. So that was that was kind of fun. That movie is, uh, you know, you probably already know this. Really fucking good. I love love Poltergeist. So good. Absolutely love that movie. It's one of the best horror films ever made. I love the thing that I love most about it outside of like the creature design, like towards the end when things really start to escalate. I just love how throughout the movie, there's really no, um, like everyone just kind of believes it, you know, like the mom, like right away is like, Oh, this is fucked up. And then Craig T. Nielsen comes home and she like, you know, displays everything for him. And he's like, Oh shit, this is real. And then everyone that comes into the situation is just like, well, this is real as fuck. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, like, if it was me after I saw the the kitchen, what what happened there, I'd I'd be convinced, you know, I'd be like, okay, something's, oh, yeah. something's going on here. Let's just go Definitely. with it. Yeah, classic. If you haven't seen Poltergeist, dear God, what do you do, do with it. your life? Uh, all right, I saw the Covenant or Guy Ritchie's The Covenant, as it is called some places. Oh yeah, yeah. This is another Guy Ritchie movie. The dude has been cranking him out like it's nothing over the last couple years. I th- I think he's had three movies in the last three years. He's just spitting them out like it's yeah. Um. Anyway, I so I hated his last one, the Operation Fortune movie. Couldn't even finish it. Didn't even finish it. I absolutely could not stand it. I thought it was complete trash. This movie, however, was quite good. Uh, so, yeah, I, I I was surprised. This is a this is a war movie. It stars Jake Gyllenhaal and Dar Salim. And the premise here is that a, um, a, a Jake Gyllenhaal plays a an, a sergeant, and he gets a new interpreter. There, he's deployed in Afghanistan, and Dar Salim plays his interpreter. And there's a horrible series of events that occurs in which their whole squad gets killed pretty much. And uh, Jake Gyllenhaal's character is injured and uh, Dar Salim's character basically drags him for like a hundred miles to safety. And um, what happens after he gets home is that due to the you know bureaucracy of our country uh and our government uh it's difficult or impossible to get visas uh for this interpreter and so like so like half the movie is like the rescue and like the the kind of harrowing experience that they go through and then the other half is Jake Gyllenhaal trying to get this guy out of Afghanistan, this guy and his family out of Afghanistan to safety, because after this rescue occurs, the Taliban finds out and this guy sort of a becomes like a local hero and like enemy number one with the Taliban. So um, it's it's quite good. It is very 
understated for a Guy Ritchie movie. When you think of Guy Ritchie and then war movie, you would probably think of something, you know, pretty stylized, pretty, pretty wild. But I think he smartly kind of held back. Uh, maybe maybe his urges to go crazy with like the uber stylized uh, camera work and violence and stuff like that and and what you have here is a pretty grounded war drama that works a lot better than i think if if you really if he just really went you know full on lock stock or snatch with it so yeah i give uh, i give it a late recommend the covenant Maybe give it a look. It's on VOD right now. Um, and then the other one that I saw this week was uh, in East Maine. This is the Mark Jenkins one. Oh, yes. All right. Sur- this is a surreal horror, psychological horror movie. Mm-hmm. Um, not really for me. I didn't expect this to be for me. I was kind of going into it hoping to see some really strong visuals. Like that was my one goal with this. It's like, I want to see something fucking beautiful. And I got that. This movie is largely just still shots of landscape, like just static camera shots of plants and uh, foliage on an Island. And um, that's like pretty much it. The, the movie for the first like 40 minutes or so is nothing but just her, this, this woman played by Mary Woodvine. She's a, uh, she's like a wildlife researcher, I guess, who is alone on this tiny Island. And it's just her job to observe what's going on with the ecosystem. So like the first 40 minutes of the movie is just her and her routine, like getting up, making tea, going out, looking at the plants, writing reports, turning on the generator, you know, making dinner, like just sort of mundane day to day tasks. And we just see that over and over and over again. And then finally, halfway through the movie, some, some things start to happen and, there's this like kind of fungal growth that that starts to occur. And it seems like it starts to make her like, she kind of gets infected by it and it, and it makes her start to hallucinate. And then, then you get into the kind of surrealistic horror elements. Um, But it's not really scary. It's not really, I mean, there's some kind of creepy moments, but it's very subdued. I mean, like this is a, this is almost a no burn. I'd call it, it, it's a ultra slow burn. Um, and it's just, there's just not enough here uh, in the way of a, a narrative. There are interesting elements. And again, looks amazing. Like it is a gorgeous movie. And for that, like I gave it a, like two and a half stars on, on Letterboxd, but largely dialogue free also. Like there's maybe three lines of dialogue in the whole thing. So it's almost completely dialogue free. Evidently the, the director Mark Jenkins wrote this movie in like a couple hours and hand hand wrote the script. Uh, It was shot during lockdown. So it's, you know, it's, it's very stripped down. It's very sparse. Yeah. But 
I don't know if you're into like experimental psychological horror movies that contain exactly what you would probably expect, then maybe check it out. But at the end of the day, it wasn't quite for me. And it, although it looked incredible, it just really wasn't there uh, plot wise for me. I don't know. I don't know how you would. I don't know how to gauge. Yeah, I've been interested in watching this one, but I I knew about the uh, the limited, very very limited dialogue, which tells me that I have to be in the right mood for it. You know what I mean? Yeah, I see. I tried watching this before, like a like a week ago, and like after the first ten minutes, I was like, okay, you know what? This this, this isn't the right time for this. But yeah. today, actually, I was like, you know what? I'm in the mood. I'm in the right headspace for this. And it, I think I gained more from it um, just being in the right headspace. Yeah. No, I'm going to definitely check this out at some point. Yeah, you know, it's 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 fine, I guess. I mean, comparing it to other recent um, experimental horror films, I'd say it's got more going for it on like the visual the visuals but like comparing it to something like skinnamarink i thought that that was skinnamarink was a little bit more engaging but just didn't have quite as strong of uh, uh, visuals uh it, it this feels more like a museum piece like some something that you would see you know, in a in a darkened room in a museum, and you'd there'd be a bench there, and you'd sit down and watch it for like ten or fifteen minutes, and then move on with your day. Yeah. That's what yeah. this movie is, really. But thankfully, it's only ninety minutes. Uh, I really couldn't have done more. But yeah, uh, again, that's Ennis Main. So uh, you could, it's on VOD. All right, let's talk about what we have in theaters. Uh, Fast. 10 or fast X is really the only that's that's the big one nothing to say about it have you seen any of the any of the fast and furious movies I, I, I'm sure you saw the first one right you had I to I, I feel like I had to I mean because back in the day like yeah I don't know how I would you, go to there's no way you could have that often yeah there's no way you could have avoided seeing the first one at least the funny thing though is is that I probably have seen it like nine to twelve times, mm-hmm. but I don't remember anything about it. It's an interesting series, I will say. I I didn't watch any of them for the longest time because I saw Too Fast, Too Furious back in the day when it came out, and I absolutely hated it. And I hated the first one too. And then at that, that was it for me. Like I didn't see any of them until I think fast five came out and I was like, okay, well let me, let me just kind of revisit this, this franchise. And I had a really good time with, um, four, five, six, and seven. And I think eight also, but then the last one I did not like very much. So I don't know. It's, it's a weird, it's a crazy franchise. That's for sure definitely um so that's that's theaters vod got a got a number of things here starting with the 16th we got everything went fine uh, and then uh, so that's that's a f- french 
film from uh, Francois Ozon. Alright. Okay. Not that's not yeah. really not really my like, my thing right now. No thanks. Not in the mood for some uh, the dry French dramas. Uh we got Out and About. This is I don't know what. Uh we've got Anna Nicole Smith, You Don't Know Me, that's gonna be on Netflix. Obviously that's an Anna Nicole Smith documentary. We've got Assassin Club coming out. Highly entertaining globe trotting action thriller. All right. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. There we go. Sam Neill's in that one. Numi mm-hmm. Rapace and uh, Henry Golding. Uh, got Butterfly Vision. That's going to be on Mubi on the 17th. Then on the 18th, we have The Haunting of Hell Hole Mine, starring Tom Sizemore in a. Ridiculous looking poster for that. Then on the 19th, we have Dottie and Soul. We got Motion Detected. It's a thriller. Paranoid thriller. We got The Thief Collector. This is a captivating crime documentary about the heist of one of the most valuable paintings of the 20th century. 20th century. (laughs) Uh, We got The Outpost coming out. This is interesting. This is uh, directed by Joe Latruglio. And it's a horror movie. Horror thriller. Starring Beth Dover, who, as far as I know, has never done any kind of dramatic roles. She's always done comedies. So, uh, yeah, this one's kind of weird. Let's see what else we have here. It's Quieter in the Twilight. I think that's a documentary we got come out fighting it's a war war film world war ii looks like got mercy uh we have on our way Uh, let's see what else white men can't jump that's gonna be on hulu that's the remake of course thanks (laughs) and finally we have robots coming out robots just a big just a broad, a broad movie about robots, maybe. Mm, it's a comedy starring she, Shailene Woodley and Jack Whitehall. Oh my god! It's like a booster. Lord have mercy. Yeah, it's like uh, it takes place in a future where like people can have robot versions of themselves, and like uh, I don't know. It just it doesn't look very good to me. Uh. Blu-ray this week. We got a couple things here. We got Moving On. We got Operation Fortune Ruse de Guerre. Ruse de Guerre. Uh, That's the Guy Ritchie one that I couldn't finish watching because I hated it so much. Uh, We got The Magic Flute. Uh, Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantumania. Uh, let's see. Convoy Busters from 1978. Longest Yard, the original one, is getting a 4K release. Shanghai Joe from 1973. Shanghai Joe. Oh, the old Shanghai Joe. Yep. Classic, I guess. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. Samurai Wolf 1 and 2. Uh, it's like a little double pack there. In the Cut from 2003. 
L.A. Wars from 1994, coming out on the MVD Rewind Collection. All right, I'm going to go ahead and open that in a new tab for later. Honey from 1981. P.O.W. The Escape from 1986. Uh, let's see. You know what? That's pretty much it. What about Criterions? We got one Criterion. All right. It's called Targets from 1968. Peter Bogdanovich, here's the tagline. Targets are people, and you could be one of them, exclamation point. Here's the synopsis. The fate of a washed-up horror actor intersects with a psychotic sniper on a killing spree. Hell yeah. You got it. How do you not sign up for that? Hell yeah. Targets are people. I'm, I'm definitely interested in this one. Going to open that in a new tab. All right, I think that's going to do it for this week. Thank you so much for listening. You can send us your questions and topics to podcast at filmpulse.net. You can follow us on Twitter at filmpulse.net and at filmpulsekevin. If you have a minute, consider reviewing us on iTunes. That'd be great. For Kevin Rakestraw, my name's Adam Patterson. We'll see you next week. Hey.